1: Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films and This is Real Spoilers Episode 564. The 0% Project continues with the Corey Feldman, Corey Haim classic. License to Drive. (laughs) Dream a little dream. Was Corey Feldman in License to Drive? I thought that was just Corey Haim. Yeah. Were they both in that? I think they both were.
2: It's both of them, yeah. I saw
1: it. The last time I saw it, it, I was in the theater. Like, that's. <laughs> so, wow. Cut me a little slack.
3: Yeah, we're doing Lost Boys, right? What's that? We're doing Lost Boys. That's what we're doing.
1: Oh, sure. That's got 0% on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, let's go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Shameless plugs, because I forgot to do them last episode. Uh, Don't forget, you can uh, get us wherever you get your podcast. While you're there, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Of course, uh, feel free to rate and review us. That always helps. And find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. Like the page. Join the group, which is called the League of Show Sharers. And if you would like to become a real-life League of Show Sharer, we would love to have you. Uh, The way you do that is just share an episode. People who were kind enough to share an episode last week. Lane Levanway, Brent Smith, Chris Williams, Gabriel Lugo, Tammy Sherman Powers, Aaron Marlowe, Susan Carlson, Glenn Cougar, Mellon Brewer, Ron Johnson, oh, so good. Tom Comiskey, Julianne Jordan, Chris Magic Man, Chris Sanders, Librarian Cynthia, Samuel Banks, Griffin Fox, Smith, Ralph Tribble, Carl Clarkson, Travis Tewitt, and Colby Mack. So thank you for powering through the not box office report and or heartbeeps. <laughs> um, I guess if... If, uh, if-
3: <laughs> I had a, I had a friend send me a message, send me a text and said, I'm going to start heartbeeps," And I was like, are, bold move. Have you not listened to that episode? And she was like, no, no, I wanted, I wanted to listen to the, I wanted to watch the movie first. And then I got a text about 10 minutes later. She said, I gave up.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what. I was like, well, if, all right. <laughs> if you thought heartbeeps was bad, boy, I would have something ooh, for you. I <laughs> was yeah, longing yep. for the glory
1: days of heartbeeps, <laughs> watching the movie. I swim. would, yeah.
2: <laughs> A hundred percent. I would watch Heartbeats again before I would ever, ever contemplate watching this movie. No, no. ever. And it's weird. It's weird because like those two dudes together
3: were untouchable. They,
2: well, uh, nah, yeah. no, they, they were. They were
3: though. Like in when in their in their prime in their heyday. When you put Corey Haim and Corey Feldman in a movie together, it was guaranteed success.
2: Was it? Maybe for Tiger Beat Magazine. Right. I, I th- well, I mean, yeah, but that's
3: who, that's who it was going for. That's right, who it was going for. Those two guys making, were-
2: They weren't making good movies, though. <laughs> well, no, of course not. But neither were the teen
3: actors of, of our generation. They weren't making good movies. They were making movies that appealed to that demographic.
2: Well, excuse me, Mortal Kombat, Street
3: Fighter. <laughs>
0: right. I rest my case.
3: <laughs>
2: the the uh, uh, this was ugh. yeah the the
1: teenage uh, actors from my generation were like Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland, <laughs> Kurt Russell. <laughs> I uh, oh. um,
3: but uh, Michael Landon. But
1: were they? I like. What big movies were these guys in together? I mean, License to Drive, I guess, did okay. Um, yeah, Lost Boys and Lost Boys, but that was kind of the first one that paired
2: them up. But besides Lost, that wasn't like really a, a Corey Two right. Corey's vehicle, though. Like they were no, no, it, they were just in it together.
1: Yeah, they were the they comic relief. They weren't the focal point of the yeah. film. But outside of that, movies that they made together, like what
2: what was the big hit? I've got to say, it's probably National Lampoon's Last Resort.
3: Ooh. So, okay, so, wait, so that
2: was 94? Yeah, 1994. So Dream a Little Dream 2 is 95 how crazy is that like I never (laughs) even have heard maybe I forgot it but I've never even heard of this National Lampoon's last resort movie and yeah that was a year before this sequel which we're not even going to get into the sequel maybe (laughs) and Joe and I will touch upon it at the end but we both started the second (laughs) movie because yes this movie got a sequel and you will be shocked once we start talking about this one but they made a straight to VHS sequel and oh my God
1: It, yeah, My I, guess is National Lampoon's Last
2: Resort was probably also direct-to-video. Oh, probably. Yeah, I would say that's probably a safe bet.
3: What was the... So, wait. So, National Lampoon kind of went away for a while, and then they were doing those direct-to-DVD or direct-to-VHS movies. Was it Van Wilder? Is Van Wilder the one that got them back into theaters?
2: Um, well, that was surely the best one since the old Animal House days. Yeah, it yeah, probably was. True. And
3: then they went away again.
2: Yeah, because then they started trying to do all, you know, they went back into their terrible, you know, terrible stuff. But like Van Wilder, that was like, oh, my God, that was that was the best thing to come out of there in in years. So good. Oh, yeah. I just watched it again. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I forgot some of the stuff that was in that movie. Uh, Oh, yeah. It's definitely of its time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so crazy now to see uh, Cal Penn and like how stereotypical of a character like oh. cuz we all know how Cal Penn talks now and like he can be you know he's a good actor he can be in serious stuff and He doesn't they, have an accent. They literally cast him like it's it's probably his first movie or one of them and he is playing the stereotypical most offensive Indian stereotype. It's crazy. So when I google
1: Gore, Corey Haim Corey Feldman movies, yes. It yes. brings mm-hmm. up the following so this is off Google because it's hard to do an IMDb and cross-reference it. So sure. this is what Google shows me. It shows me Lost Boys in 87, mm-hmm. License to Drive in 88, which I looked up. It made $22 million on an $8 million budget. So, I mean, it's, it's a, a big hit. It's a moderate hit. Um, uh, in, in the, okay. I mean, 8 mil- <laughs> $22 million on $8 million, That like that's I feel like in that. In
3: 1988?
1: Yeah. Like that seems, to, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um I mean it's a hit, but not I mean, it never justified a sequel, you know. Um neither did this one. <laughs> but it got one, that's my point. It from did a, get one. Yeah. From a business standpoint <laughs> it got it. But so uh so then in eighty nine you get Dream a Little Dream and that seems oh, wow that seems to have killed it because then I don't see anything again until National Lampoons Last Resort in ninety four and then Dream a Little Dream two in ninety five and then um, a movie called Busted in 97. Um, and then uh, from there, you get uh, Dickie Roberts, former child star, which were probably just cameo punchlines. That's not an actual. Movie. No, you probably. I mean? Yeah. And then yeah, after sure. that, you get nothing until shortly before Corey Hames death when they made the, the two uh, Lost Boys straight to video sequels.
3: Oh, yeah. Man, that's so weird. I guess I just felt like they were just part. Maybe they were just part of culture.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like and they um, were
3: always together. They maybe did. I those, just assumed that they made a bunch of movies together. They
1: did those three movies back to back pretty pretty quickly. And, they, you know, obviously Lost Boys was huge. License to Drive, yeah. you okay. Dream a little dream, Paca- the bed. And then, nah. <laughs> and then it was pretty much over, it looks like. And so I think they're just it's an easy thing to remember because they both have the name Corey. And and
3: I and I feel I like guess, I guess I guess I felt like they were just so synonymous with each other.
1: Well, I think they were friends in real life, so they probably were yeah showing up in media appearances and gossip columns and stuff like that together a lot. But they really they had they, their own reality show. Do you remember? Yeah, called the Two They did, Yeah, yeah. And, and I think was that, was
3: that was that Haim trying to get sober?
1: Uh, I forget oh, what it was about, but I, I I definitely got the vibe that it was. Corey Feldman trying to keep Corey Haim busy in order to get him clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, Corey, came F- was was always struggling. I mean, obviously Feldman's had his struggles too, but sure, um, sure. Uh, but yeah, so it's I, like I don't think these guys were as big of a deal, at, at least at, from a box office standpoint, as you might.
2: Yeah, think. Yeah, it's just that. You're you're right. It's it's just they were ingrained in pop culture, the two Corys thing. They went hand in hand. Um yeah, it's it's really strange that you remember them one way and then you go back and watch a movie like this that they're both in and you're just like, What? Like this movie yeah. is mind boggling. I'm almost like I have a lot to say, but then I'm almost at a loss for words because it's just <laughs> it's so confusing how anyone thought this was a good idea. This was a two hour long movie.
3: I did not realize that until I was an hour and a half in, and I was like, "What we're not close to a resolution. How much longer does this have?" I was like, "Oh my God, it's got 45 minutes left."
2: This yeah. is a mess. This is a complete mess of a movie. It's two hours long. And also like the people that it has in it, like Jason Robards, uh, Piper Laurie, Harry Dean Stanton it violates yeah. <laughs> it violates the Walsh Stanton rule. <laughs> like he's in this movie and it's a big steaming piece of garbage like it totally throws that whole thing out the window like yeah. it's just yeah, crazy like, i s- mean and, and he's hardly in it but like when he is you're like yeah it's harry dean stanton like trying to he does he, he does come on
3: screen and i was like oh cool cool oh All right, well, he shows up
2: like you see him walking at the beginning. He has (laughs) one little interaction with the wife that I can still hardly understand. And then Uh, you mean the fact that she's cheating on him? Yeah, like they don't ever. And that's never referenced ever again. (laughs) They don't ever address it. It never comes up. There's no resolution. They're best friends. Happy days. We're all good at the end. You know, Um, and then he has one other scene where he's talking to Corey Feldman, you know, out in front of his house or whatever. Like he's in such small little roles. Where you know I was hoping we were going to get at least more of him to to do something, but nope, nope, no, no, we we got none of it. Some of the
1: other zero percent project stuff we've done: heartbeats, staying alive, mega force, like, like they're misguided, but they're they're
2: functionally watchable. And I was I was completely entertained by staying alive and heartbeeps. As bad as heartbeeps was. I found a lot of fun things to, to poke at during the movie. Yeah, this was, like,
1: honestly, like, short of just going into, like, amateur filmmaking, I don't know that I, yeah. I've yeah. ever seen a major studio release starring name actors that is just
2: this bad. I mean, it's Awful. just, it's like... Just,
3: it's.
1: There I, said, are large... I
2: said to Katie, I said, I said, is this someone's film school project? Yeah.
1: <laughs> there are large stretches of dial. I mean, first off, we'll get into the story that makes little, if any, sense. But, like, there are, like, I feel like they thought because Corey Haim and Corey Feldman were friends that they would have this instant rapport and in chemistry on screen and that they could riff their dialogue and wouldn't that be fun? And because there are large portions of this movie that feel as if they are legit making it up on the spot.
3: Yeah.
2: Spoiler yeah. Well, alert! You said that it you was said, not you, fun.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you said that, and I was like, "Oh, it won't be that bad." And then I sat down last night, and I was like, "Oh, Christ, it's that bad." I mean, there are scenes like,
1: where they're just rambling
3: about. Yep, nothing. Yep, and I do think I will say I do think that they they do have a rapport, but for whatever reason, in License to Drive and in uh, Lost Boys, like it's there, but for whatever reason, in this one, I don't know if they had are al- you know I I am gonna assume that they've already started uh, dealing with their own demons. Oh, at, the, at this point, they're in both 1988,
1: massively coked up and on heroin while making this movie.
3: You can tell. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's, there's a switch between License to Drive and Lost Boys and those two guys and this movie, and you can feel it. And yeah. it is... You're right. That I, I, I thought that probably that was the case, is that they were both stoned out of their minds. And it it's interesting. And it comes across. There's it not, comes across.
1: There's not much ab- online about, like, the making of this film. Um, And I would really be interested to know if... Th- some of the problems of the film structurally was them trying to edit around
2: them being too high to work oh maybe oh yeah the, without a doubt, I mean when you see those those rough cuts between just just regular s- s- like lines of dialogue when Corey Haim is sitting in a car and it flashes to white in between black, single lines yeah, of was dialogue so weird. It, it was Pete, black no you, are you talking about the scene at the end of the movie i'm talking about when he's sitting in the car and he's just talking to himself and he says one line of dialogue flash to white one line of dialogue it flashes to black
3: i thought it was black too yeah.
1: Was that one black? I'm almost positive it was flashing in black because I, because, in fact, I am positive because I thought like we lost the feed on the video or something because it was black. That's what I thought too. Oh. I was the other like, one's oh, man, white ca- then. The okay, okay. The yeah. I was like, oh, white,
3: but there's, oh, a shucks. The movie yeah. cut out. I don't have to yeah, watch anymore. There's a
1: scene towards the end where, where Corey Haim is sitting in a In a a car and he's just Talking to himself and he'll say A line and then it fades to black and then It pops back up but he says another line None of the lines are related to each other Like he's not (laughs) and he's not Offering any like exposition Or moving the story along. He's literally just saying random things To himself and I'm like I'm like my and I watched it With my wife who like aggressively Hated this movie she had never Seen it and she was just like She's like, I want to punch this
2: movie in the d-. and oh, everybody that that <laughs> watches this movie should aggressively hate it. Like yeah. this movie, yeah. if it weren't it's, for This this is an unwatchable movie. Yeah, I would it, never. Yeah. I would never watch this if and I didn't have w- to.
1: She, and she even asked. She's like, Why does it keep fading the black? Especially because it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a technique that they have not used up to this point in the film. <laughs> and they're and true. you're an hour and forty five minutes into an hour and fifty five <laughs> minute movie, and they're doing it. And I was like, My guess is. There's literally 45 minutes of footage of him doing this and they just I think you're right. And that was the only
2: way they could hide you know the edit. It was yeah. awful. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it is. He couldn't he couldn't get a coherent monologue you know four or five lines of dialogue he could not just do that and have it make sense he basically sat there and rambled a bunch of random lines and they cut together in the most abrupt way possible they did, they did as
3: best they could yeah four or I guess. five of those
2: lines i mean it's it's what, awful. <laughs>
3: what we haven't even mentioned yet this is a body switch movie yeah which i were... had no i had no idea so all when when they get to the switch i'm just like wait what wait
2: yeah, so they're, they're trying to they're <laughs> trying to coast on all the popularity of the body switch movies of the 80s, right? So there yeah, were like yeah. four or five body switch movies and this one was taking the teen, you know, the teen approach for like a teen comedy body switch. Um except for it's creepy as hell and it's an old man like getting it on with an underage girl. But Right? Because that's what's happening.
3: I mean, yeah, and I guess their way around that is that the Okay, so here's the problem. here's here's the breakdown real quick Corey hame Corey feldman are i guess street tough punk kids
1: i don't even I, think there's that quotes, i use
3: air quotes with that
1: i think they're just kids
2: in high school
3: you think they're just they're just burnouts i guess i think
2: they're the lovable losers
3: yeah i it? guess so they keep cutting through this guy anyway keep cutting through this guy's lawn obviously the old man doesn't like it uh he's
2: mr wilson the from old Dennis the menace he, he <laughs> is mr
3: wilson from tennis the menace um so basically this old man and they're getting older and his I guess his wife has had enough of his weird um hippy dippy Yeah,
1: he's very like kinda hippy dippy.
3: Like very hippy like dippy new agey. So I thought I thought they were saying that he was senile. Like I that's where I that's, thought we were going with this, and that's what his idea was.
2: When Harry Dean Stanton comes in and kisses this dude's wife, I'm like I'm like, he's has dementia or something. She's moved on to a new relationship, but like, you know, she's still there for him trying to help him and they're married, but like, you know, she's with Harry Dean Stanton but right. no like no. this guy basically is just <laughs> dedicated to his work he doesn't pay any attention to her and this is basically like i mean it's like a christmas carol like he's like scrooge and he's going to go he's going to be visited by these ghosts and they're going to teach him at the end of the day that like he needs to pay attention to his wife and live life like that's that's all this movie is doing it's very simplistic and they go about it the most complex convoluted <laughs> and crazy way you could ever imagine doing it
3: he has devised this like yoga routine where he will uh somehow implant the consciousness of himself and his wife into two younger bodies? Yes or or like take their consciousness out of the real world and live in the dream world? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> are you so anyway they, they- hang on,
1: hang on, hang on. Are you are is this kind of what you're guessing, or was that said and I totally missed it? This is
3: no, that's what I'm guessing.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was just like, I never understood. Like, when they go into the backyard and do yoga, and I'm just like, what are, what? are what is this supposed to be accomplishing or doing? I, so
3: I initially thought that, like, the idea was, because he says, he's like, I want to live with you forever. Right? And he, their bodies are failing. They're getting older. And he has figured out this way to, like, live in the dream world. Yes. And that's- that way they don't age. Yeah.
2: Exactly. It's 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 just a made up like this is not based on any kind of proven whatever they've made up this theory. It's it's just like technical gobbledygook, you know. Like if we go into the alpha dream state, then we can do this and fiddle faddle, blah blah blah. Like it, it it's garbage. We'll never
3: age. We'll we'll live forever. Yeah. So they they're doing this whole thing. They they and then all of a sudden here comes Corey Feldman and his crew, and they bump into him, and all of a sudden. The old man has been transposed into Corey Feldman's body, which I was like, okay, body switch movie. Not a problem. Yeah, it's so weird.
1: Like, I remember when this movie came out, like they, they they thought they had they pushed the hell out of this movie. I mean, there was stuff for it everywhere. And and I had until I watched it yesterday. No idea that this
2: was a body swap movie. (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's what I just said. That's what I told Kevin. <laughs> did you see?
2: Like, <laughs> did you read? Did you read about it? That in the trailer they don't show anything about body swap. No, I didn't. They mark. They did not market this as a body swap movie. So people thought it was just a teen comedy. And then some people were like, "Oh yeah, two time Oscar winner Jason Robards is in this movie." Like for two <laughs> minutes, like they completely tried to bait and switch people on this movie uh, well and and that might have
1: might have been because i think it came at the tail end of a lot of body swap comedies there was like in this same time frame you get big you get uh which i I think everybody knows big is the tom hanks one and then you had um like father like son which was the judge Reinhold kirk cameron one i believe and then vice versa vice versa maybe vice versa was the judge reinhold one and then like father like I don't, i'm getting mixed up but then there was 18 again which was the george burns john crier
3: one i think and did they remake that with zach efron and matthew perry they made one yeah, called that's... 17
1: again
2: unrelated
3: it's, oh okay yeah
2: got it it got was got it. uh that's uh george burns and charlie schlatter Oh
1: okay. I just he I in my head it's always John Crier in that movie. I don't know why, but <laughs> but um uh but the but, so the but there were like a lot of these body swap comedies in the in like 88 89. And so they they might have just figured that they were going to that well. You know that people would oh, just yeah, be sure. like I've
2: seen it, you know. But but this I, is I I wish uh, I, I wish is, I
3: hadn't seen it.
2: You know, the thing is, a lot of those movies, though, at least they have somewhat of a simplistic premise. Like, even if you know that you can't make a, a wish on a Zoltar machine and switch bodies, you know, that's made <laughs> up. You know, it's just a fun thing for a movie and you learn a valuable lesson. But the fact that this movie thinks that it's so, it's like so complex and they're going to go into this super meditative alpha state and you're in this dream world. And now we only have two days or else she'll be lost forever. Like, what is this based on? He, there's no there's no i mean you can make things up but they don't even establish rules in their own world right except for just to say right. don't go to sleep one more time or you'll lose her forever but, like
3: but oh. then they don't follow their rules no
2: well but we'll get no to that. because of the yeah because yeah, of, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the um the what's the meredith Sless salinger salinger what's her name salinger salinger um
3: yep. meredith baxter bernie
1: yeah and it, um, <laughs> who seems to have been cast solely for her ability to, to look a certain way and work
2: out yep. clothes. You don't you don't yep. say and uh... I
3: you know what it's funny like when I when I saw her initially I was like oh I get it like I get I get why I get like how this gal they thought this guy was going to be the next like teen heartthrob like mm. I, I understand and then she opened her mouth and I was like oh. We are in for This is going to be a long Long go
1: I don't know that it's her fault In all honesty
3: I don't think it is Because I mean she
1: was in what The Journey of Natty Gann She was good in that And And I mean I really think that Like this is just A turd of a movie And she was given Nothing to work with And honestly I think this woman Deserves an Oscar just for just for being able to gaze at Corey Feldman that lovingly like yeah, it's like, I don't know how like she could look at him as if she was just enthralled.
3: The The boyfriend that she had as as uh, stereotypical as he was what was the better looking option
2: well and what Stere- was weird, like stereotypical the- <laughs> this guy was a, a sociopathic nut job <laughs> no, this guy but, not, guess in, <laughs> but not
1: until like the last 30 minutes like up at the beginning like he's just one of their friends and he's fine
2: yeah this is the <laughs> well no thing. he does he
3: does have flat he had flashes with her where he like when uh he tried to hook up with her and then she smacked him. Yeah, he was a little... he was like, he,
1: what? What happened? He was a little pushy, but it's also yeah. like, I mean, I'm giving the movie a, a little bit of latitude for when it was made. Like, it was... You know what I mean? Like, it was... it was. This movie is super problematic in, absolutely, in 2020. Absolutely. And so I, I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be a sign that he was a problem or a sign or just, like, that's how boys act. Acted and we were supposed to be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? In in uh, eighty nine, probably a little bit of both. In eighty nine,
2: you know, he's a yeah. he's a jerk. He's definitely a jerk the entire movie. But yeah, it goes off the rails at the end. the The other weird thing they do with this movie. So usually in your typical high school movie, you have the lovable losers and then you have the bullies. But then they throw this Joel character in who is their yeah. friend <laughs> but also a bully. Like, right? It was really strange how they mixed together those two tropes and they combined them but then still left the other tropes you know what I mean like I yeah because then there the... was
1: there was this other group of bullies who picked on them too yeah. and I'm just like who fits in where like I didn't <laughs> it's a triangle <laughs> they don't they yeah, don't know
2: yeah and like the bullies they don't know who are fits like, in where the bullies are mean to the bully friend but then also sometimes their bullies are mean to them and it's just this really weird dynamic that made it too convoluted but even our main characters are bullies like when they're when they're cutting through the
3: old man's lawn they're like ah eh, screw off old man yeah like, but they're not bullies. Know,
2: they're they're punk teenagers it's different that's you i know? okay that's yeah, they're but not like, mean yeah. to other kids are like they play it like
1: it's supposed to be cute but then they also show you like <laughs> show show them like deliberately destroying his garden so when, like it's yeah that's not cute it's not just cutting <laughs> through the yard cuz it's like cutting through the yards and there were the stones and they could have stayed on the stones and like if they wanted them to be the good guys and him to be the crotchety old man, there's a, there's a way to to convey that. But like, they were also,
3: yeah, yeah. they were also like, that's the, that's the problem is when you want to, when you want to make somebody we've seen, we've seen so many of these teen comedies. And I use that term very loosely with Break. this movie, uh, where your lovable loser is just that, like, he's just a, he's a hapless loser, but he has characteristics that you're you're still rooting for him, right? Right or her, whoever whoever it may be, Marty McFly. There is a no point in this movie where I am rooting for anybody.
1: Yeah, I was just rooting you know, for layover. Like, I, I, I was for rooting for end. the credits. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so they they do the body switch, and now he he figures out that, um, he being the Corey Feldman, well, the old man in Corey Feldman's body, uh, which again, like, given Corey Feldman. Today, maybe I should rephrase that. Um, <laughs> there is, there's. Uh, he he realizes that the the girl that he bumped into is probably the where his wife is like his wife's consciousness is probably in her body but
2: now so like she goes... into each other right like they're they're both coming from separate angles and they're right. both going to cut through the yard at the same time yes. the old people do yoga and by Correct. them crashing into each other during this yoga ritual they then swapped their bodies and i took it that the old man was completely taking over Corey feldman but the girl was like only part of the old woman's consciousness was right in hers like, like they she didn't could, know well, the whole consciousness remember. was there because she would have
3: moments where she would order like she'd order something that the old woman would order or she would like to song or a certain
2: thing but like they had no like, that's what I'm saying it's partial that's the whole yeah, thing yeah, isn't yeah. there if it's it,
1: it, it's confusing because Corey Feldman is completely aware that he's really Jason Robards and right. and but but the uh, but the girl has no idea that there
2: that she's has Piper Laurie inside of her. Like she so she's touching her mouth a certain way. She's, she just has little she, characteristics. Yeah. But she thinks and acts as if she's just that girl.
3: Right. Right. Where Corey yeah, Feldman the, the, is. The old woman's consciousness has not taken over.
1: Right. Where Corey Feldman is one hundred percent Jason Robarts. He's still quoting literature in a pretentious manner and, and you know right. and and confused That's, by the ways of the teenager. And, you know what I mean? And Keep that, calling everybody
2: dude. Right. It's So it's like it's it's messy. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's so messy the way that they swap in these uneven ways. And then whenever he, he goes to sleep as Corey Feldman, which only happens a couple times because, you know, can't go to sleep. Freddie's going to get you. Um, <laughs> I thought the they, same thing. Don't they, go to sleep. Yeah. Like when he goes to sleep, then he's in the dream state and the actual Bobby, the Corey Feldman. Uh, consciousness is living in his dream state with the old lady that like doesn't know why or where she's there or whatever. She's like locked inside of his house. And then also is it the young girls there too? Part of her consciousness? Are they like packing up the house?
3: Yeah, all four are in this dream world. So the the young girl and the old woman are in the house. Feldman and Jason Robards are outside the house. And like this is the, what I'm talking about is Robards is saying is like, let's just wake up and let's fix this. And, and Corey Feldman's like, nah, dude, I like it here. Like we could just stay here. I'm cool right here. I, you know, I, I didn't really have anything going on out there anyway. You could just live my life as a young man. It's like, you're not the good guy here. Like let the old man get back to his life. He's like, nah, <laughs> nah, brah. Like you can, you're good. You're all right. But then he still and gives him advice on how to fix it. He won't tell him though. He's like, "I'll give you a hint, and that's it." He never actually tells him how to do it.
1: But like, why give him a hint at all? Like, it makes right. (laughs) Why
2: would Why would Corey Feldman, this kid that just got into this old man's consciousness, know how to fix it? Right. I I don't know. Yeah. How would he know? He's not the one that did this. Like, it is. It's bizarre. It's just. But somehow he
3: knows how to do. Well, I guess he knows how to do the old yoga because the old man knows how to do it.
2: I guess. But did the old man's consciousness go into his mind? Like, it it doesn't. There's no... Ah, yeah. It doesn't follow any rules. Like, they didn't make up or establish any set of rules. Again, I don't care in a fantasy, sci-fi, whatever thing. If you're making up your own world and your rules and you follow them and the, you, the, the viewer can watch it and follow along, fine. But this movie is just like... Boom, crash, okay, you're in this body, you're kind of, you remember some things, but you can control things, and, and this was all real and not a dream, or was it, or what, you know, it's like, it's so strange to follow yeah, what actually yeah, is it, going on. When it
3: gets to the end, and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> Are, it, yeah. Was well, it a dream? Was well, it especially, not? What's happening?
2: It, well, especially because of the made-up rules, so... Corey Feldman, for whatever reason, knows all these rules. And he says, you can't go to sleep or else you'll lose her forever. And then, you know, we'll eventually get there. But I think yeah. that there was I think there was probably uh, a little bit of rush production to where it was. Like, yeah, oh, the, well, there's oh, there's a scene at the you beginning know? of the
1: movie where you see uh, Jason Robards and Piper Laurie in bed together and and they're having a conversation. It's a pretty lengthy scene. And. There's no setup, but she talks like she's drunk. Uh, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why is she talking like this? And then like four minutes later, you see them coming back from a restaurant entering the house and she's drunk. And I think that they like stack the scenes wrong or oh. they just decided like the information imparted and then scene makes more sense here. But they never referenced why she was drunk in bed i mean she's slurring her words as she's talking and it was don't you don't you make a
3: move silly boy yeah it was so weird oh don't do that
2: oh and the whole time that like everyone kept calling him a bad boy yeah i was like like it was so weird (laughs) the other thing i noticed too is that this movie i would say for the first good hour of it and maybe i just got used to it and it continued to happen i wouldn't doubt it but like the editing they would go to these short tiny like 30 second clips and then just jump to another scene. Like they would, no, no, they would establish, no, would, no, they, they, would establish the they establish nothing in these scenes. They would yeah. like, they went all of a sudden the old guy and the old lady are on a date and they're in a montage of going on a date. And then they went to like the school at lockers and then they cut away <laughs> from the school. And it was like, so what, they, <laughs>
3: so what they were doing in, in those scenes is when all of our characters were separate, they were trying to like, make it look like our characters were saying the same things. Does that make sense? Like uh, Jason Robards would say something and then they'd cut to Corey Feldman in high school. And Corey Feldman would mm-hmm. basically say this, say the same thing. Yeah. Like, that's what they were trying to do. And I was just like, like, I never we got that. this that...
2: <laughs> it was a mess especially before you knew like I wasn't going to watch this movie again but when you're watching this for the first time and you're trying to follow what the hell they're doing through this editing it's so confusing and then like I get what you're saying that was like in the very beginning when the old man is still testing his dream theories or whatever like that's even yeah. before their body switch because Corey Feldman's like I had a weird dream of an old man like that was to show you the old man was actually able to tap into something but not do it all the way but the scenes i'm talking about are just like random scenes like establishing scenes where they would just like jump to the school and they'd be at lockers and they wouldn't even like say anything and then they'd jump back to the old people doing something random and oh, they would jump sure, sure, sure. then they would jump back to the kids like they would just cut in this terrible fashion like they had so much footage and had no idea how to arrange it it was bizarre
3: yeah it was it, there was there's no rhyme or reason to their editing like it was just I don't know, man. It's like, horrible. I kind of, I kind of agree with Tom, where it's just like they had. I'm sure they had these scenes that they were both coked out of their heads, and they were just trying. You know, the editors were just trying to salvage
2: something. I you think know? they were Corey. Corey Hame didn't memorize lines. He would just show up and like try to get it. Like he would, he would read that the the day's script the day of, and like try to memorize what he could. But like that's how he showed up to work, and I can't imagine that wasn't hard on this production
3: uh no like marlon brando he ain't
2: yeah i mean you know like well and marlon brando
3: didn't
1: start doing that until he was like in his 50s
3: (laughs) well that's what i'm saying though like he had the brando you know you you could okay like you you have marlon brando in your movie like that's the that's the that's the the hook right with feldman or with hame you're just like can you just read the lines like the night before or something for crying out loud I mean, luckily, what year, what year was Ninja Turtles? What year was it? 89. The first movie, 90, 90.
2: It was after this.
3: Okay. Yeah. So, so we're two years away from Feldman, just giving up act, not acting, but like just doing voice work because he's the I voice mean, of Donatello. He's,
2: yeah. Yeah. He's fine in that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I love that movies. He's, he's <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> Cause all I do is I mean, read.
3: Yeah. Right. Felt Feldman. I feel like was the one that could act. Feld, well, Maybe I'm wrong,
2: Feldman. I think Feldman, at least here, I mean, Feldman's doing something. At least, I mean, he's he's Feldman has to, you know, he's a kid. He's pretty young in this movie, and he has to act yeah. like an adult and do certain things. But like, he doesn't. I'm not saying like, he's good.
1: Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like he doesn't change his manu- mannerisms at all when he's supposed to be Jason no. Robards. No. <laughs> right. Like not. Yeah, in that's the problem. Any way, shape, or form. And what's so weird is this comes at the end of a slate of body swap comedy. So he's got other performances he could reference to see like this is how people do it. And and he makes no attempt to 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 act older or like Jason Robards in any way, shape or form.
3: Correct. Yeah, it's you are right. And like to your point where you're saying that like there are there's a precedent for body switch movies that like, oh, okay, I can't act like Corey Feldman, like, I have to do you know, uh, Face Off is a great example where, oh my god, yeah, you know, like Nicolas Cage or John Travolta is doing this insane performance, and then Cage is like, all right, man, like, I guess I'll match that, yeah, I guess, like, that's fine, <laughs> but like, you know, he's not acting like John Travolta, like, he's doing you know, Travolta doing a cage and cage is doing a Travolta. Like that was the, the hook of that movie. And man,
2: can I say is... it's the other way around? I'd say Travolta had to do a Nicholas cage. That's what I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, that's what I meant. Travolta is yes. subdued. He's like an FBI agent or something. But, right, yeah, right, right, cage right. Cage is that's... insane. And then Travolta <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to his credit, like I love that movie. And you know, they went all out. They were, they were definitely all in on that movie, but yeah, this yes. movie it's, you're right. It's Corey Feldman being Corey Feldman. There's no attempt to even try, but, it, you know he had more to do. Haim is a side character in this movie, so right. he's barely not, in the movie. Yeah, he has he has some throwaway lines. He kind of chases after him. Uh, he broke his leg in real life, so that's why they had to write the cast and the crutch into the movie. Like that's no, not supposed. So
3: they, they they pulled a Luke Skywalker then.
2: Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, he's just kind of hobbling around saying like, Oh, Bobby, you know, blah, blah, you know, just random lines. But <laughs> so it's not like he exactly had heavy lifting. This isn't, I, I would say an example of his body of work here, but, um, I don't know. Corey, so it, Corey, ha- I will say Corey Haim when he's a kid,
3: like uh silver bullet, um, and some it's like when he's by himself and he, when he was younger, he was, he was good. Like he was a believable kid, you you liked him. Like he wasn't like a a little jerk kid, like maybe you know McCulloch Culkin kind of is. Like Kevin McAllister isn't the most likable kid if you go back and rewatch those movies. Uh, but he was he was a good child actor, and you know there was this was the, I feel like this is the beginning of when Hollywood would chew those kids up and spit them out. Uh, I wasn't the beginning with like
1: that had been going on for maybe years. Maybe it was, maybe it was the, you.
3: maybe it was the beginning of like us knowing about it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. That makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, like the, the, I feel like the, the, the horrors of child acting starts with these two and of, of us, of the, of the public finding out what they were doing to these kids, where it's just like, you just make, you just make them work. And then you, 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 when they reach a certain, they're almost like a Minuto kid. Where like oh you're 18 see a kid good luck well and also a you lot know? of times yeah. the things
1: that makes you cu- things that make you cute as a child don't make you cute as an adult and so yeah that's true or you go through that awkward phase before you kind of grow and and so like these kids are are they get cast as, because they look one way and then they don't look that way anymore and and that's a struggle um, yeah you know and I think that I think that was always an issue for. For Corey Feldman I mean he was A cute little kid And then he kept working But he was he, I, <laughs> yeah. I always thought he was Kind of weird looking You know He,
3: he was kind of weird looking <laughs> And
1: and so but, It was It was always Kind of like When we, we talked about Corey Heyman Corey Feldman It was always Kind of like Well there's the cute one And then there's Corey Feldman
2: but I mean it's not I mean it's not even just like I mean yeah he has a unique look but like he is weird like Corey Feldman is an odd dude I mean he just he has his delivery like I'm watching this movie and just the way he acts like I I don't remember watching a lot of movies with Corey Feldman as a kid and you know I did on VHS I watched License to Drive but as an adult I hadn't in a while and so watching this and his performance I'm just like he's so aggressively bad. Like he's not a good actor by any means.
3: I think he's when he is around. So like he's, he's a, he's a major part in Friday, the 13th part four, like he's the, he's the, he's the main part of that movie and he's good. Like uh, he's Tommy Jarvis. He's the original Tommy Jarvis. Uh, He is in um, the Goonies. And he's good in the Goonies, like. But again, like he's just surrounded by different. You know, he's got Sean Astin. He's right. got uh, Josh. Uh, Josh Brolin is in that movie. <laughs> that was for you, Kevin. Um, so like he he's surrounded by people who are good, and, and he's, he's just good kind in, of hidden. He's good right? in Stand by Me, but he's great in Stand by but, Me. I mean, but again, he's got River Phoenix. Well, and,
1: yeah, maybe what it comes know, down to is he can't carry a movie. You know what I mean? That's I think you're right. That he's an ensemble yeah, player.
2: Yeah, I I think that what you're saying is that he's fine in a supporting role, but it's it's different when you're when you're the lead actor and the camera's on you for two hours, you know, trying to carry that movie. I just I don't know. I mean, he definitely didn't pull it off here, and I know this isn't the best uh, example of you know of what he had to work with. So you can give him a little bit of credit there, but I, you know, I'm um,
1: I'm gonna have to say that no, because. Here's here's I I feel like Corey Haim and Corey Feldman screwed up this movie. Yeah, I don't disagree. They're off screen antics because here here's why I say no, this is beyond this movie. They're coming off Lost Boys. They're coming off license to drive. You know, they're pairing them up in a movie is a is a is a big deal they put a lot of money into this movie they put a lot of marketing muscle into this movie they spent a lot of money on this soundtrack like they 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 were getting full on studio support and they made this turd and i really think yep. the problem lies with they were too coked up and heroined up to to turn in real performances and then they had to edit around it that I mean that like I said I couldn't find much about the production of this movie online but watching it that's that's my theory because because they this isn't like a small this is them at their peak right the peak of their yeah. oh of, absolutely of their, yeah 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 for sure the peak of their commercial appeal and stu- the studio was was doubling down and and using every weapon in its arsenal to make this movie and promote this movie and this is what they got and i really feel like it falls the blame lies with the two of them yeah
3: it's it's hard to not fault
1: them
2: i I'd meet you. I'd meet you halfway. I'd meet you halfway. This script is a mess. This is a terrible, terrible plot. A convoluted, messy script. It, 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 they may have not turned in their best performances, but this is a terrible screenplay. Well, I but is it is
3: it a terrible is it a terrible screenplay? Yes, or is it made terrible because they have to cut and jumble stuff together? Right,
1: like I like I don't think this is ever an amazing movie, but I think there might there might have been a serviceable version of this movie. You know, and, and, uh, and I just, I'm stunned at, at how bad this yeah. is.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. And there, uh, like, I am shocked. I guess I'm not shocked. It's 19. What do we say this was? 88, 89,
2: 89,
3: 89, 89. So there is a lot of F bombs and I'm not talking about the good one. Yeah. Like there is a lot of, of, uh, I counted
2: two. Was there more homosexuals- than
3: that?
1: That, what's that? I only counted two f bombs. Were there more than that? When they when oh, they, they get went to the back end, when the, Yeah,
3: when oh, they get okay. to the end with like the the punk gang and everybody outside the dance. Yeah, like it was every other it was every other word. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then there's a even so in this one there's a weird Michael Jackson homage, and then there's an even weirder one in part two. and because yeah, Corey Feldman
2: I, was friends with Michael Jackson and like worshipped him. Yeah, but
3: didn't he didn't Am I wrong? Like, didn't he, like, accuse him? No,
1: he's no, no, no. He no. Okay, he
3: says. He, did he defend him? Yes, he's. Uh, and the way, okay, the way, okay.
1: the way, Feldman's always defended Michael Jackson is that he said that he does not discount what anyone else is saying. Just that it did not occur to him. Like, none of that happened to him. Okay, and okay. And having watched that HBO documentary and then heard Corey Feldman's stories, it honestly sounds like he was getting groomed. But then, for some reason, Michael Jackson never pulled the trigger,
3: and or somebody got him away.
1: Yeah, and so you know, I it makes me wonder, and and, because like Macaulay Culkin says the same thing, and but the story sounds similar, like he was getting groomed and then he he didn't pull the trigger, and and like so, it makes me wonder if. Michael Jackson was like, you know what? These people, these two guys, are too well known, too famous. They're too big. We're, yeah, they can fight back in a way these other families can't. And so, right? No thanks. But that's just, yeah, my conjecture. Okay,
3: I, I couldn't. I thought I knew that there was a connection between Feldman and Michael Jackson, but I just couldn't remember. Yeah, what that connection was. But yeah, like it's, it's so, I, I it's so weird like it's just like when they get to the second movie and they're it's Feldman and Haim but then they don't bring like and there's a girl but it's not the girl from the first movie it's a completely different girl is it a different character? they're not is dating
2: it, is it a different character it's a different character to, yeah it's, also it's like Haim's sister
1: and this it's so weird because this whole movie revolves around like how much he loves her and then to make a second one and be like yeah yeah f- F her. I'm done. Forget it. I don't no,
3: well, con- I also, kind of, I'm, I kind of feel like maybe the girl was like, no, thank you.
2: That would also so, would not surprise me. <laughs> he, so we really haven't talked about this movie yet. So we should just talk about what happens real quick.
3: Yeah. Okay. So uh, Feldman the entire time is trying to uh, not so much make moves, but like get uh, his wife's consciousness to uh, come out so that he and this, he and, the girl can be together now at the same time Corey feldman's character is in love with this real girl so like there's this weird uh back and forth between the girl the main girl is dating like this cool guy who's also a psychopath like there's no other way to describe that guy
2: that's the william Um, mcnamara character it's is he jerry yeah
3: he's a sure he's a wackadoo joel yeah joel yeah Joel. Uh but so then, and it's basically you know, we get Corey this, Feldman trying to court this girl.
1: We get this big dance scene where he's like trying to win her over and and I'm like but I don't understand because at this point it's Jason Robards so why is Jason Robards trying to <laughs> win the heart of this girl on behalf of Corey Feldman like there's
3: like there's I like again. So I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that he's trying to win her. I think he's doing things that he thinks will get his wife's consciousness to the forefront.
1: But but why would imitating Michael Jackson moves get his wife's consciousness to the forefront? If anything, because
3: the so he's trying to do two things, right? Like he has to keep this girl close to him, so he has to act like Corey Feldman. But he also knows that he has to somehow. Get his wife's consciousness to the forefront. It's. I'm not saying that it's a great idea. This but is a script, terrible. This idea. is your script
2: right here that you said could have been better with different actors. Like none of this changes with different actors. <laughs> I, but I,
3: <laughs> I still feel
1: like they're make that they're having to make changes on the fly because they don't because the because the two leads are screwing up yeah. so bad. And because it's like this scene is written as if he's trying to win her heart. And it makes no sense that he would be trying to win her heart. Like, I almost feel like there's a, maybe there's a version where Corey Feldman's character is like, Oh, well, if you get her to fall in love with me, then I'll leave the dream realm and you can, you can have your life back or something. You know what I mean? Oh, and, I get that. And, yeah. And, and so like,
3: yeah, I, that you, I, that's true.
1: And then it's also like, this they shoot it in this weird way where I'm like, were they even filming on the same day? Because <laughs> no, like <laughs> you see him dancing and then you see shots of her doing this, like I I'm a I'm a bashful bunny rabbit and <laughs> and uh, um and like giggling and being all you know coochie coo about it, but like they're not together for like rock and
3: rock and roll coochie coo,
1: yeah, like but they're not together mm-hmm. for like the the lion share of the scene. And it just keeps cutting back to him. And I'm like, normally, dance scenes involve two people dancing. And it's like yeah. <laughs> him dancing and her just standing there being all coy and cutesy. And it's really yeah. weird to where I'm like, I, like, I'm not convinced that they were together until they just get one
2: shot of them on the floor together. And then they're they're done.
3: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I so, think that
2: there was a. I think I bet you there was just a slew of footage and getting them to cooperate and what footage would work, and that's why the editing is so messy. They're just trying to piece together anything they can, and it doesn't make it good. But I mean, I don't think they had any other choice.
3: No, I don't think they did either. Like they did what they 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 did what they could do with what they had.
2: Uh, so basically. Uh, she starts to believe him, though. He convinces her enough; they're, yeah. she's starting to like him, and he basically then goes on. He takes her like on the same dates that the old man took the old right, woman right. on, and, like, she, and she
3: orders like the same thing the old woman would order, things like that. So, so she's so... starting to
2: believe him because, and, and and then meanwhile, like there's that other scene where he convinces Harry Dean Stan because he knows things that only. I got to tell you, I didn't mind. That's the one
3: scene I didn't mind. Like I've, I I always find like those kind of scenes where like the buddy has to convince his other, his buddy that he's been body swapped. Like I find those fun and that like those, that could be Harry Dean Stanton who made it work. Yeah.
2: I mean, he definitely elevates it. Cause
3: he is so, he is so good. Um, But yeah, so they go and then they start to fall in love with each other, but like she's falling in love with the old man and not cory feldman
2: i don't i never like, thought that was an with, issue like i didn't you you see t- that
3: t- but she's not but he's not cory feldman he's the old man like she's starting to fall in, like the girl is starting to fall in love with the old man not they're completely yeah. different personalities
2: yeah but she's also remembering things and he's trying to pull his wife's consciousness out of her though so i think they're trying to at least show that they're accomplishing both things at the same time
3: Oh, okay. You know, I took it as like, I was like, well, this is complicated. Like,
2: <laughs> No, she's not now in love with it. Yeah, no, no, no. When he turns back into like scummy, scummy
3: Corey Feldman, she's like, well, this isn't what I signed up. Maybe that's why she's not in the second movie. She's like, this isn't what I signed up for. I want that creepy old man. But they
2: So basically they start to fall in love. She's starting to remember things and they're getting along just swell. But meanwhile, her abusive boyfriend, Joel is coming around and clearly not happy with his friend stealing his girl. Uh, her parents what? hate Corey Feldman. Uh, like joel hits her and then the mom her mom they, is basically they blame like, she, her yeah she's she's oh what'd you do to irritate joel or whatever like i do
3: like when she's like yeah
2: i did it whatever
3: what? Wait, also what? can we talk about okay
2: yes the so, parents of these, Corey feldman yes why have they not talk directly to him what was that? i was thinking of
3: so it's okay so here's the thing with these teen movies right is parents are never parents are always the bad guy Right, like parents are always the squares. They're always the. With the, I, I was thinking about this as I was watching it. The only time I remember parents not being like stick in the mud is dazed and confused. Like when Mitch walks in from like being out all night, the mom was like, "All right, this is your one. Like, don't let this happen again." But you get one, and I was like, "Man, that's weird." Like usually, your the parents are like the you know the stuck up ones or the meh, you know. Mm-hmm. In this one, they're all straight up villains. Yeah. Like the the main girl's parents drug her. <laughs> like they she pours like she breaks open a pill and pours the pill into wine and convinces her boyfriend, not her dad, mind you, the mom's boyfriend to get her to drink this roofied wine. And it's just like that's Yeah. That's illegal. You can't do that. <laughs> like, that's not okay. But yeah, but like
2: what was the deal? Explain to me why when Corey Feldman's character Bobby talks to his parents as whichever one, it doesn't matter, the parents all say Do you know who the do you know who Feldman's dad was? No, who's that? He's Mo Green. Yeah. He's Mo Green
3: from, from The Godfather.
2: Godfather. Really? Yeah, huh. yeah but okay why do they all say why do they all tell each other to tell him things when he's standing there i did not understand that i joke, don't know an <laughs> idea
1: think it's supposed to be a joke but it just never lands and and then the the and, and why is there like 30 years difference between the mom and the dad um so i don't think that's his dad it's not
3: or that's not his mom
1: but no, because know. he called because she because they even say, when did he stop calling his mom and dad? Like, that's oh. and because that's a pre SNL. Victoria Jackson is the mom. That's who I thought that and, was. And then and I think that so she couldn't have been more than like 24. I, I wouldn't right? think. And and uh, um, and the The actor Mo Green, uh, I'm pretty sure he's the director's father because his name is like Alex Rocco or Rocco, oh, and the director's okay, yeah. the, the yeah. director's name it, has the same last name. So I'm I'm pretty sure that he probably just was helping his kid out. Is my guess, but it's also interesting that
3: like <laughs> he's, he's like, do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. Damn it!
1: <laughs> it's also interesting because like like he went on to to do things in Hollywood nothing all that great the only other thing he's directed that i've even really heard of is is a uh, the Christian Slater failed Oscar bait movie Murder in the First um
3: hmm. oh i like that movie
1: but uh i like Christian Slater though but yeah i do too but but uh the the other and he's listed as a writer but the other two writers um like the only one's Daniel Franklin, and the only credit he has is Dream a Little Dream and then Dream a Little Dream 2, which I think is really oh. just he gets a credit for the characters. Like, oh. I don't think he actually worked on it. And then one episode of Knots Landing. <laughs> um, and then the other guy, D.E. Eisenberg, has no other film credits like he and he doesn't even get a credit on dream a little dream too
2: yeah i i yeah i don't think it's surprising that these writers went on to do nothing um, yeah. and yeah. i don't know where they came from uh but then yeah the only other guy that worked in the screenplay is the director and you're right tom he is the son of the guy that plays the dad gotcha yeah, that makes sense so but yeah, yeah so I don't know. The, the,
3: the they they cory feldman and the girl get together like it's gonna happen everything's hunky dory and then there's the the night of the dance where like the boyfriend gets all all pissed off and drunked up and decides they're gonna go to this after party with a gun and he meets up like with the so a big fight ensues uh the ex-boyfriend i guess shows up and is he's gonna shoot all the street punks and I was like, oh, we're going to kill Corey Feldman.
2: I mean, the whole time, like, you've got this crazy best friend or whatever that, you know, is mad about the stealing the girl. But then the real bullies, the bully bullies, not the friend bullies, have been picking on him the whole time. And they've been, like, trying yeah. to pick fights. And he's trying to defend Corey Feldman. Um, but they've been, like, setting up for this whole, like, we're going to fight, like, you know, when and where type <laughs> thing. And so at <laughs> the dance, they're like, go meet us under the bridge in the alley or wherever it is. and Yeah, I'm you know, going to do it. And, but you know, now he's all ticked off because Corey Feldman's running away with his girl. And so he's like all drunk and out of sorts. And yeah, he brings a gun to their party, gun. quote unquote. <laughs> and this was beside from the Harry Dean Stanton sit down interaction. Like it was probably the best part of the movie because I thought it was I mean, pretty Feldman, tense. Feldman was on point. I mean, it was a pretty tense scene. Like I did not know yeah. what this guy was going to do. So to their credit, I think this was the only really worthwhile scene in the entire movie where I'm just like, oh my God, who's getting shot?
3: Like, yeah. Well, I thought, I thought, I'm like, well, we're gonna kill Feldman. Like, that's he's he's gonna. He, here's his life how is end, gonna be where
1: he wants it to be. They're gonna shoot him in the head. Here's how you end this movie, and and and, and I turn to my wife and I'm like, here's what's gonna happen, and it isn't what happened. And then I was like, well, I should have known because then it might have been good. But <laughs> they, what they should have done was have Feldman get shot, and then Jason Robards basically like leaves his bo- like be- sacrifices himself in order to keep Feldman alive you know what i mean and oh, that like I see, so I it see. kills yeah. his yeah, spirit yeah. feldman comes in and then, then that's how he gets to stay alive and that's that's the the lesson of the film you know but, I, but that didn't no, happen that did
2: not happen
3: <laughs> no they all just went back and had beers
2: yeah he talks him yeah he talks him down you know the Joel doesn't shoot anybody uh, they all kind of just like brush it off like you know Joel almost kills these like, kids and they're all just like Whew, that was a close one and they walk away and like <laughs> it's just exactly so right weird. and uh, but yeah Feldman talks him down and then they're, they yeah he's like okay let's all just party and happy endings for all
3: so now he has to go back to the girlfriend's house at this point the girlfriend's bo- the girlfriend's mom's Boyfriend. Boyfriend has, who has drugged Who her. we
1: have not seen until this moment.
2: No. God, oh, now we're about there this he whole is. thing yeah. with the break-in and all and this. For some yeah, reason, so
1: the cl- he, the boyfriend is played by John Ford Cole.
3: Should I know who that is?
1: He was part of the Light Rock duo england dan and john ford coley so they sang songs like <laughs> i'd really love to see you tonight and nights are forever without you and we'll never have to say goodbye again like they had a lot of big hits a lot of big big hits huh. and um and i don't know why he is in this movie <laughs> and she... also the 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 teacher that they that that they yeah. they talked the what the chemistry teacher or whatever yeah is um is Mickey Thomas from Starship? Hmm. So, okay, but he sings. I thought that
3: dude looked familiar.
1: He sings, but he sings. He's on the soundtrack at least. He sings "Dream a Little Dream." He's the <laughs> the rock version oh, of
3: "Dream a Little Dream."
2: Those are so bad. Yeah. Oh, those two the oh, the bookending scenes were yes. something. I'll tell you that. Oh much. my god, with, with the yeah. old guy lip syncing, and then yeah. at the end, both of them lip syncing. Oh jeez,
3: I I love a good garbage cover just because they're they're yeah. fun they're like, like, wow. it's like a bad movie but man those are bad the worst
2: bad 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 so Corey feldman he breaks into w- the house with his fist and just, just busts through the window i mean and then, okay I,
3: that's not the biggest problem
2: yeah but the biggest problem is when he goes to wake up the girl and she won't and he just rubs his blood all over her face <laughs> that and is the, the mom says what did you do to her <laughs> yeah. like what what did you her, do yeah, to her <laughs> yeah her
3: face is covered in blood and then he's like, no, I've missed my opportunity to wake her up. She's asleep. And then it cuts to them every to everybody awake. Well, the old guy wakes up, and then... The old guy wakes up, and he's in his body, and then his, his wife is there. But he's, like, super standoffish, and she's dancing to, like, a quote-unquote pop song. Yeah. And he's like, Why, why'd you pick this song? And she's like, I don't know. I just like it. So I guess we're saying that, like... Uh, parts of the of the girl got left behind, or like maybe it just made him
2: younger and again. And I everybody learned something, you know. Everybody, yes, she's she's now a little hipper and younger and fun. He's not going to care about his work so much. He's got the Corey Feldman in him, where he's going to just you know romance her like he did with their. It's it's yeah
3: yeah. And then of course they they're sitting outside enjoying a a spot of tea, and here comes Corey Feldman and the girl, and they're together. And he's like, you know, the old man says, cut on through. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, he's all. Like, I'm ups, not going to. It's weird
1: because it's like, he's like, you should cut through my yard. We are good now. No, I can't. And he's like, nah. I, 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 I can't do that. And then it's like, no, 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 really. No, I can't. <laughs> But
3: really, no, I
2: can't. <laughs> like, maybe
3: in maybe at another time.
2: He's so good. He's just so good now that he won't even think about cutting through a yard. Even if he's offered, it's just not polite. He is the most upstanding, you know, not that Cory Feldman actually went through any of this. All he was doing was sitting in the guy's dream world, right. but for some reason well, now. And we glossed over good.
1: the we glossed over the fact that as this is resolving in the dream world, Cory Feldman, the the Cory Feldman character in the dream world is like Oh yeah, everything I've told you about how this works is complete <laughs> bullshit. Lies. Like I all I you made just- it all up. None of this matters. Everything that we've that we've been doing for the last 2 hours. Not one thing I've told you is true.
2: Like you could have done whatever you wanted to do and and it would have been fine. Like That's yeah. where I think there yeah. was a rewrite or the production issue where I think that they were going to actually have some conflict resolution. Clearly it didn't get done whether for monetary or for scheduling purposes and getting this to all work but like at the end it's just like yeah uh, forget about it i was lying which yeah, i right. i can't imagine that was what they chose even for this movie i can't imagine they were just the like we, we
3: gotta we gotta end this right now yeah yeah <laughs> gotta, I, gotta, I can't do anything for you because so again that's and, be, and then but it, think about yeah. this
2: real quick before we end like the mom had drugged the girl. So the parents know about it, but then she's all like, what did you do to her? And there's blood all over. And the boyfriend's just like, all right, have a good night, have a nice night, buddy. And like sends him out the front door. Like if you thought that he came in and attacked the daughter, like they're like together now, like there were no consequences. There was no explanation. They didn't hold him for the police. Like it's such a weird resolution that, they're just like, oh yeah, you broke into our window and got blood all over our daughter. That's it's past your bedtime. Goodbye, young man. No worries. <laughs> like it, it makes no sense. They're just like no. together and happy in the next scene. <laughs> yeah,
3: and then it ends with uh, Jason Robards and Corey Feldman uh, dancing together. Yeah, Ugh. in it's, the credits. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. There is like Kevin and I both. Started the sequel, and then uh, I got about twenty minutes in. I was like, "Ah, nope, no, I, I'm, you, you got me on the first one. I'm not doing this
2: again." I'm convinced the second movie is improved. Like the the second movie is them. They have an apartment together. A real quick, just little overview. of What happens? There's no mention of the girlfriend, which this entire first nope. movie is about. He yep. and uh, Feldman and Hame live in an apartment with Hame's sister. Hame's character's Rachel. sister. And now they're just doing their own thing. Um, okay, Haim works. I'm sorry, Feldman works at a sunglasses store. Yes, Haim works at a condom store called Condomania. <laughs> Is that a thing, Tom? Has there ever been a condom store? Not that I'm aware of. I no. mean, I'm talking about like in New York City, like a building, not a little hut or inside. of, yeah. You know, I mean, like the, he works at Condomania, the Walmart of condom stores. Yes. No. Never heard of such a thing. Yeah. And then,
3: and then your main, the guy from the first movie, dies. The old man dies and sends them a uh, a box with two sets of like Ray Ban sunglasses. And when two people wear the sunglasses, they can feel what the other person is feeling.
1: So it's the Corsican brothers, kind
2: of. So yeah. That's, it, it, yeah, that's but that's but as the, far I, was, I got. So, I got
3: to the Michael Jackson homage, and that one I said I'm done. Was Jason Robards even in it, or do they just say
1: no. oh, no, 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 old no. guy? Okay, I was no, curious it. if they he got is, him for two minutes. You know, no, no, <laughs> no. He,
2: has, he has died. And Joe, I don't know if you got this far, but we learned that Jason Robards character was doing sex experiments.
3: No, I did not get that far. <laughs>
2: Jason Jason Robard's character, part of his research was how physical intimacy is the most connection of people. And this girl that's trying to get the sunglasses from them that like holds them at gunpoint later on in the movie, she talks about her research with him and their sex experiments.
3: Oh, you made it way further than I did. I got to Mm -hmm. the Michael Jackson scene and I said, I'm done. Yeah. Thank you very
2: much. The movie is just like long scenes of the of what clear what looks like improv of just random banter and then it's little vignettes of like Cory Feldman's like, Hey, I'm gonna do a Michael Jackson dance and then he does it. Like it just cuts to the most like, if you thought this movie was bad and <laughs> like incohesive, oh buddy, the second one is yeah. a nice So
1: here's my question before we wrap up. Are there people that like this movie? Like are like I know that, yes. like, we're not the Target demo. Oh, there are? And, and so, yes. like, are, like, the teenage girls from this era, were they, like, this movie totally got me in the feels? Yep.
2: Wow. People love this movie. So I'm going to right now, and I want to, first of all, I want to personally apologize to people that love this movie, because one of them is in our League of Show Shares. Yeah.
3: Oh, no, who is it? It's Aaron uh, Marlowe, Marlo. it? Yeah. Oh, so
2: I mean like no offense to you if you like this movie, you know, we're not just like, I mean, we, we don't see it. You like a deep fried taco. You got to at least own that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, you know, no offense. We're not trashing on you or your tastes. It's not for us. But um, then if you go to Amazon, I looked up the reviews and the ratings because I'm like, okay, is dream a little dream a movie that people have fondness for? Like I get like, you know, some people enjoying it, but On Amazon, it has 410 reviews and the average star rating is four and a half stars.
3: What is happening? Wow. Four
2: and a half out of 410. And the people that review it, okay. An 80s masterpiece. I'll just read the first ones that come up. I'm not going to like hunt for them because um, there's a one star that says plot made no sense. I won't read that. That's the outlier. Right. <laughs> right. So five five stars, an 80s masterpiece. I think this is the best of the Corys. This movie was ahead of its time. I watched it when it was on VHS at Blockbuster and still watch it. Um, Shelley was Corey Haim's girlfriend at the time. There's a huge Michael Jackson influence, like no duh. Um, uh Jason Robards is brilliant. Joel goes on to play them in the movie copycat. Okay. Like they're just giving trivia um, <laughs> back, back to the plot. It is left to interpretation. If you study dreams, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it is a classic and one of my all time favorites. Like, I mean, people, there are people that love this movie and just one more, five stars, one of my favorites, way better than Freaky Friday and the other movies of this type. Absolutely cool storyline. Corey Feldman and Jason Robards do a superb job in this movie. Great soundtrack. Sad that all the great songs in the movie do not appear on the soundtrack. I don't tend to watch movies over and over, even when I like them. I have now seen this about five times since it came out in 89. That is saying a lot for me. Like.
1: Wow. Uh, I I, I give up. And Freaky Friday was great. So
3: (laughs) I got to tell you, both versions are great. Yeah. That that
1: Lindsay Lohan version was a lot of fun.
3: She's and she's another. She's another one. Yeah. That uh, got chewed up by the system and, and spit out. Yes.
2: Yeah. Can I ask? Can I ask you guys real quick? Yeah. Is this the worst movie we've ever reviewed? It might be like I, I uh, it's it's close. I think this is the worst movie on a technical and a critical level. I cannot remember another movie. We watch bad movies. Yeah. But, like I don't think I've ever seen one this bad. Like honestly this might yeah, this be pretty bad. One
1: of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Like I and just in terms of how poorly assembled it is like it is really bad. These are not amateurs. These are professionals that have made movies that have studio backing that have they get all the tools they need they have finance and then they, this is what came out the other end it is pretty atrociously bad yeah
2: and this is coming from a guy that I I watched Velociraptor and I thoroughly enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> so like that's about a pastor that turns into a velociraptor and that Just, movie was a lot of fun so yeah
1: I, I yeah, I like a good bad movie. This is not a good bad movie. This is just a bad no. movie. Heartbeats was a good bad movie. Megaforce, yes. good bad. Staying Alive, good. This is just a bad
3: movie. This is, <laughs> this is a bad movie. There's the, no, there's no. This deserves a zero percent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so awesome. uh, I guess that's it for this one. <laughs> Let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them.
3: This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joy Butts B U T T S twenty one.
2: This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Brackett.
1: And this is Tom. Follow me on Twitter at Roger Qbert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online and uh, tell us how much we're wrong about not liking this movie, if you want. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And, of course, check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash Spoilers. No idea what we're doing next week. Uh, maybe another 0% project. Who knows? We will have to uh, figure that out and let you know. But, uh that uh that that's that I don't know that's what we're doing or what we're not doing we don't know so anyway <laughs> that's it for this one thanks for tuning in and until next time jack puts horton in his will